just seeing what you're doing with that book right now, even though it is your book and I have no right to tell you not to do that with your book. It's my book. Do whatever I want I do I not want like seeing book. the spines of books being <laughs> abused in such a way. Like, I'm going to do this too. Please, please Look don't. what I'm doing. No, Look please what I'm doing. don't. This okay. is my copy. This is not for resale. You know, if you think I wouldn't care about cardboard and paper books either, but I do. But You I are a book person deep down, aren't you? Look, look, I also marked in it. Yeah, I know, right? You shouldn't have shown me that. I know. You shouldn't have shown me that before this. we did the podcast. Look at this. There's look, right, you here's wrote, some more. You wrote in a book? Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Your, t- your test copy of your this own book. This is my book. test copy of my own book that I wrote. You're listening to First Chapters, a podcast from Grey Cat Books, with your hosts, Engineer Mike and Nina McNamara. Ever wanted to know if the first few pages of a book were good enough to continue reading? Will a book be engaging enough, or will it bore you to death? Then keep listening. The plot thickens. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your favorite podcast. And I know it is your favorite. Don't lie to me. Uh, first chapters. <laughs> I'm coming in hot with this one. All right. Wow. Okay. I'm Nina McNamara. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a quasi-special episode of First Chapters. We're still going to have the same exact format and talk about the first chapter of a book that Nina has read, just that it's a special book. Well, actually, it's kind of a trick because Nina's actually read the whole thing. Not only, ha- <laughs> not only have I read the whole thing, I've written it. There you go. You also wrote the whole book. So, you know, that's, that's a trick. Of course you've read it. You wrote it. You yes. read it as you were writing it. I. <laughs> now, would you have read it if you didn't write it? I, I would have. Oh, okay, good. Why would I read a no, book? No, I meant if you hadn't written it. Would you yes. have just picked it up and read it? Yes, of course. Well, we'll discuss that in a minute. The tables will be turned around all throughout the room on this one. Nina will be actually asking me the two questions about would I like to read it more and what I think about the first chapter. Well, and I will also be explaining how this works as a first chapter and why you should continue reading it. There we go. That's great. As usual, we start by talking about what we're reading this week. We are recording this podcast very quickly after another episode that we recorded. So really, it's the same thing. And I'm not going to talk about it again because I just talked about it on another episode of this podcast. cut this part out, too. No, no, I got to leave this part did, in. No, I'm being cu- honest. I'm, no. I, don't, I, don't censor, I don't self-censor. All right, this is a free speech zone. Okay. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I have to turn things around. I have to be the antagonist in this episode because okay. I read the book and, and you're asking me the questions. Okay. So I, I got to be kind of... Uh, Trying to think of a nice word for it. <laughs> yeah, what's your nice word for what I am? Engineer Mike. Um, argumentative. <laughs> Is that nice? Belligerent? No, you're not belligerent. I wouldn't say you were belligerent. Just, uh, you know. What? Occasionally difficult. <laughs> occasionally very harsh about books. Occasionally very mean about books that I like. <laughs> I'm not mean. I'm. You, you asked me my opinion of them, and I'm, I, I go ahead and I'm honest for the podcast. you don't censor anything. You don't I do censor. You don't practice self-censorship either. Oh, yes, I do. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, getting right into it. This week's book is This Is What You Wanted by author Nina McNamara. Oh, my God. That's me. That is you. I yes. have checked. It's you. I looked yeah. at your driver's license and everything. Thank you. Should we go ahead and just talk about this I book? mean, yeah, we can just talk. This book took me 10 years to write. And it's actually a series of five books, or you could think of it as a five-part tragedy. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the plot a little bit? Go ahead, you talk about it. Yeah, sure. Right. As the reader who yeah. kind of read the book. The plot follows a character called Amanda, mm-hmm. who is a adjunct professor at a small college in the Midwestern United States of America. Michigan. Pl- planet Earth. It's important to mention that this takes place in Michigan. This book is very Michigan. Anyway. But as I was describing, it follows the character of Amanda in her... I don't want to say it's a journey. Her struggle. Her struggle 
to live a life in 21st century America after suffering traumatic events in her youth mm-hmm. and who never received the appropriate care and attention after that that a person deserves and who lives with this trauma still as an adult. Yeah. And how that continuously affects her life. So she has very severe PTSD stemming from CSA. And if you know what that stands for, well, then you know. And uh, she is not in a position of getting over that right now. To cope with that, she's got two really bad habits. Both of those habits, they stem from obsessive compulsive disorder. One night she decides to break from one of her routines and it backfires. It backfires so severely. The backfiring kind of sets up the course of the events for the rest of the novel. How's that for? That's a very good synopsis of the novel. Thanks. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, what I picked up on from reading the first chapter of this book. And and I've read the whole book as well. Good. Not to bury the lead, but I... (laughs) I, I finish books is all I'll say. Okay, yeah. So this is, okay. <laughs> In this house, I, I, we finish the reason, books. <laughs> the reason why we're, let's talk about the reason why we're doing this. Well, we're doing this because it's a book and this podcast is about books. But also yeah. I want to talk about how I feel this book accomplishes our, what we've been talking about with this podcast. Sure, how to yeah. hook the reader within the first chapter uh, hopefully within the first page. I mm-hmm. try to hook the reader within the first sentence if I can. Mm-hmm. Why I think you should keep reading after the first chapter. Sure. And you, you've written three books. I've read them all. You do a very good job in the first chapter, in my opinion. And I've, I've read a tremendous amount of books. Mm-hmm. You do a very good job of hooking the reader. Thank you. In my opinion. I in the first that. chapter. And I don't mean through a striking, jarring scene. That's one way I assume an author can hook a reader is by shocking the shit out of them in the first Mm -hmm. chapter. I don't mean that. You don't shock the shit out of a reader, but your writing is very interesting. I have heard the same thing from other people who have read your book, including a relative of mine who works at a library. Someone that they knew actually read the first chapter or the first page of your book. But your book, Icarus. Really? Yes, yeah. They they told this person uh, that I know, holy shit, this first few pages, this book hooked me. I'm going to read the rest of it. Interesting. I didn't know this. Yeah. Especially with Icarus, very same way this. It's like your first few pages are, don't want to say shocking. You're not going for shock value, but they are gripping. You're like, ooh, what is this? I want to read more about this. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Where all too many books I've read by other authors, even books that I've liked, Look, the first chapter may be just a dud. It's very yeah. common, sadly, with some writers, even ones I like. The first chapter of the books are just kind of duds. They just kind of, they fall yeah. flat. And the rest of the book is like a slow burn. A You're lot of like that, that, thank you. And a lot of that is some writers don't write, most writers do not write linearly. It comes mm. to them in bursts and it's like, here's yeah. a little bit of the middle. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit of the end. Here's a little bit of the beginning. They don't foresee the beginning mm-hmm. to the end. Yeah. With all three of my books that I've written so far, or all seven, depending on how you want to count them, mm-hmm. I saw the beginning, the middle, and the end in order. And with Icarus... Like, like the creator. Just like the creator did, <laughs> yes. I am God. <laughs> just like he who is, who am, am. Wait a minute. Just, I am I. Yeah, just, just like he who am. <laughs> The very first sentence of this book, it came to me in like, I don't know. I it just, it. I think I was walking down the hall in class one day, maybe. I don't know. In fact, I think I have it memorized. 
Amanda Keefe was a woman of few talents, but one of them was getting off before her alarm went off. There you go. And if that doesn't hook you as a reader, you have no pulse. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And we go from there. I try to make sure that the first sentence of all my books, everything that I write is that catchy. Mm -hmm. Not that salacious, obviously, and clearly that is specific to this book, but I want the reader from the very first sentence to think, what is this? And I want to read more. Like I said, it works as a first chapter. It's not boring, unlike all too many books I've, I've read. Mm -hmm. What's your process specifically about writing a first chapter? And sure. I'm sure like any author, you write the first chapter, you may be in the future, you'll go back to the first chapter, you may change a few things. What are you trying to ever change if you go back and do some revisions to it? Sure. So I want to make sure as much character gets into the first chapter as possible. The least amount of world building just hints of it okay. here and there, but you want to, or at least I want to make mm -hmm. sure that the audience knows who the characters are. The first couple of pages are devoted to just Amanda. Amanda is shy. Amanda is quiet. Amanda is afraid of her father. Amanda cares about what her colleagues think of her. And then it moves on to her colleagues. So she gets into her workplace, which is a very small state university. And then as soon as she gets into the building that she works into, we meet her colleagues. Mm. Now we know who her colleagues are. She's got one colleague who is Tia. Mm -hmm. Tia is bright and bubbly. She likes the color pink. We know that about her. Then it moves on to Kylie. Well, Kylie is... I don't want to give too much away about Kylie. Yeah. And then we learn about her boss. Her boss is an arrogant son of a bitch. We also know about her brother. Her brother is someone she admires very, very much. He's clearly kind of shady. He's a bit of a fuck up. Yeah. But then at the end of the chapter, you meet someone named George. Mm. George is going to be very, very important for the rest of the novel. Mm -hmm. This is not a spoiler. This is not a spoiler. You, you learn very little about him, but you also learn that he is going to be her main antagonist mm -hmm. and her adversary throughout mm -hmm. the rest of the book. And you don't find out why, Yeah. but he's going to be there and he's going to be important. I really like the way you said you don't do world building in the first mm -mm. chapter. Because no. Because I have kind of had that thought about, there are books I like, like other books we've done in this series, like the Morgane Omnibus we talked mm -hmm. about from one of my favorite authors, T.J. Cherry, a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. The first chapter of that book is just world building. Mm -mm. There's no dialogue. Yeah. There's no character. It's just blah, 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 info dump. Then yeah. you get to the second chapter and you start actually getting into some characters. I like your method so much better. And please, if there's any perspective authors <laughs> listening to that, please do this. There's nothing wrong with doing world building. I love world building, but don't lead with world building. I, lead with your It's a game. pet peeve of mine. Yes. I don't care about world building. No. I want to know who I'm following. Who, who cares how great the world is if your characters are fucking dull? Yeah. Even if you have a great world, start your first chapter. I'm just giving this as advice as a person who can't write a damn thing to save his life. Uh, <laughs> Just based on what I've read. Start your first chapter with your characters. Mm -hmm. Just a simple setting, a simple scene, something they're doing, some dialogue, and then maybe not record scratch, but like second chapter, here's yeah. some world building. 
Yeah. And then go back into your story. That guy. Yeah. I can't stand that because, again, like I said, I don't know who to follow. I'm too busy trying to memorize details about what's going on in the world around. Which is distracting. And, yeah. And, again, when I say world building, I don't mean just for fantasy novels and science fiction novels. I mean for genre fiction, too. Arguably, this is genre fiction. This is a a novel that takes place in the modern day. Because there's something to be said if your reader can't understand what's going on just from the lives of the people the characters mm-hmm. you're describing they're gonna have a lot of trouble in the rest of the damn book mm-hmm. too they yeah. should be able to understand what's going on from just what these characters are doing even without having the world of yeah. the book described to them i want you to feel for amanda i want you to first yeah i want you to see the world through her eyes. I want you to understand what she's going through. You don't have to necessarily empathize with her, but you at least have to be in her shoes to understand what's going on with the rest of the book. The rest of the world will, Come. it'll be like a road that gets built underfoot yes. as you move that forward. That is a very good way to describe that. There's a Chinese medieval novel that <laughs> I read that literally is about people building a road are you talking about the iron council please stop no i'm actually talking about a book he made called the rail sea oh okay yeah well thank you for comparing me (laughs) to uh china yeah yeah, Yeah. very very close my prose is not that purple though no no but your books are as thick yes i do need to point out the fact that uh (laughs) this book this is what you wanted is about 800 pages long it's 800 pages long of a big and I did that kind of on purpose because I wanted to say, fuck you, Goldfinch. There's a book called The Goldfinch, which Nina hates, which if you've read books in the past 20 years, you've probably heard of it. I've never read it, uh, and I probably never will. Uh, good. But this book is longer than The Goldfinch in a bigger size. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, going to our printer, we had to change things about your book just so they could print the damn book. Because oh, yeah. Normally, we futzed with it quite yes, a bit. Yes, a standard trade paper, paperback size, it would have been about a thousand pages, which was too thick to make. We yep. had to we had to make the book a slightly different yep, she size thick. and fudge some things so that the damn machine could actually print your book. Yeah. There is someone listening to the audience right now who's part of that process, who they're very proud of their own work when it came to making this book. Maybe it's me, maybe it's not. I don't know, but if you, if you hold a copy of this book in your hand, Nina's book, this is what you wanted. Though you were holding her work in your hand, the way it looks and the way it feels is the publisher. They help make that stuff. Thank you, Grey Cat Books. You're, there you go. Thank you, Grey Cat Books, for, for making that <laughs> Then, of course, you know, the second question is, would, would you read more? And, of course, I would read more. I did read more. Especially as a reader, if I pick up a book that's very thick, even if I know... I'm going to read it all because it's by a writer I like. There's still a little bit of trepidation like, oh, God, this is a big, thick book. Am I going to make it through this? How far am I along? How much more do I have left? That kind of thing. With your book, I never felt that. Thank you. The book practically zooms along. Yes. It just zips right along. It never drags. There is no dull moments. There is no war and peace long periods in the book where it's just apparently backstory about Masons about the book War and Peace like that. Mm. Or something like Atlas Shrugged where you uh, Long diatribes. Long diatribes about 40, stopping the motor of the earth. For, for 40 pages of a character literally standing on a podium blah blah blah. It's like fucking shut up. You know, there's <laughs> none of that in this book. There's no 
If there's a monologue in this book, it's maybe half a page long at most. So I want to address that. Yeah. Oh, I want to. No. Well, oh. yes. I'll, I'll talk about that. I want to talk about pacing. The overarching. Ah, yes. yes. Please do. Please do. So pacing is something that that's a talent that writers yes. either have or they don't have. Yes. Very much. And I like to think about, and when it comes to dialogue, I like to think of dialogue being said by real people. If you ever watch me write, I look like a crazy person because I'm talking out loud or I'm mimicking what is happening out loud while I'm writing. I look insane doing it. I like to think of real people saying these words out loud. Thank you. I like to think of actors saying these words out loud, and I don't want to give actors too many words no. to say. You know, and if you can't say something in as few words as possible, if you can't get your point across in as few words as possible, you're wasting time. You're yeah. wasting you're wasting the reader's attention. If you're an author and you have multi-page diatribes in your book, stop. Remove yeah. all of that because that's not how real people talk. That's not how no. real people listen. Maybe there's someone who can sit there and blah, blah, blah for that long. But you know what? Most people have left by that point. Yes. They don't ever hear it. When it comes to description, and this is where I'm going to pull in uh, our boy China Mievel, yeah. I can't stand purple prose because I don't believe in spending time on description unless it is important. Mm. Unless you want the reader to focus mm -hmm. on something, yes. don't spend time on description you're boring the reader yeah. or you are drawing their attention to something that isn't there you it, if you remember the theater concept of Chekhov's gun mm -hmm. you know a gun that is brought in the first act must be fired in the last that's how I think about it yeah if you want to talk about a tree mm -hmm. well that tree has to be important that tree better be important yeah I, I yeah. see what you're talking about there because there's two ways of looking yeah. at that too there's one as an author you're kind of wasting time you're just yourself What's, you're self-flagellating. You're self-flagellating. Is that, is that a self, good thing or a bad thing? You're self-flating. You're, you're self-flating, self yeah, is what you're doing. You're just like, oh, look at me. I can describe this tree 10,000 different ways. Well, if the tree never fucking comes up again, you just wasted everyone's time by that. You don't have to describe every single thing because here's the interesting thing. The reader will just fill in the blanks in their own head. What you're trying to do is like if I'm describing a like later on in the book, I'm, I'm describing a house that is run down, that's almost abandoned. Mm -hmm. So I'm describing a, a first sale or a foreclosure sign on the front lawn. That's really all I have to do. I'm describing like the weeds that are popping out on the posts or underneath the post and like the lawn is overgrown and some snow that is frozen to the ground. So I'm describing the scene, mm -hmm. but I only spend like a paragraph or so on it. That's I don't it. have to spend more time on that. I don't have to describe how the oh. roof is caving in. I don't have to describe how the there are giant potholes in the drive. The reader can go ahead don't and fill in the blanks. Yeah. yeah. So Unless it's absolutely important, unless you want to draw the reader's attention to something that's going to come back later yes. on, don't waste time doing so. That is a very interesting. This is way it's to a look creative at. writing technique I learned oh. from a professor I had in college, yeah. and I'm like that really saves me a lot of time as a writer. Yeah. So now I can write the actual important bits. Mm -hmm. Something that I feel very strongly about, something that I feel very confident about, is my dialogue. Yeah. There's books that I've read from a few people I know, and they're good writers, but the first few pages of their book will just be all description. Yes. And we've I, talked about I, several of those yes, books. Yes, so and I get kind of bored. I'm like, hey, have some characters saying something. I and mean, I mean, more than just one thing. Have a conversation, and then, like you said, you don't have to be describing a bunch of different stuff no. if it's never going to come back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very neat. Well, thank you for that insight into your your writing process because all of that applies to the yeah. first chapter. Do not bore your reader in the first chapter. Do not over-explain things in your first chapter. You should be hooking the reader with your characters in the first chapter. That's what you yeah. should be doing. Like even some other books we've read on this podcast, uh, you may have not have liked, but you said, hey, the characters, they, yeah. were, char- they were people. They Thank were, you. They seemed yeah. like real people. And I don't want to sound arrogant, and I don't want to sound like I'm better than these more, much more decorated authors that we've talked about on this podcast before. But I do feel like this is important, and this is why I have not jived with mm. well, with Previsa. a lot of the books I bring up. Yeah, yeah, because this is important creative writing technique to me. And this is how I feel like I've accomplished this, and this is how I hope to hook the reader with my book. Is like okay. This is my hook, and this is how I hope you continue reading Mm -hmm. because I've done these techniques before with my writing. Very neat. Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been a very interesting interview. (laughs) Thank you. Nina's book is available now at wherever ebooks are sold across the entire world. You can buy it on ebook if you don't want to pay an arm and a leg for it. Yes, yeah, because the the print version is huge and thick and expensive. But if you need to if you need to buy it in print because you smell a book constantly while you're reading it. Don't don't be one of those book people that's like, oh I need to smell a book. Or you like to highlight some people like writing books. Again, this is my This is my author Say, copy. I can do whatever I want to You're a book sadist, and you're one of those people who doesn't use bookmarks, and they just kind of put the book down on its spine open. I won't name any names, but they know who they are. If you're one of those people who just like abusing books, buy the print version. It's available on Amazon. or the Again, it's my book. <laughs> Not only did I write the damn thing. You're allowed to abuse it. Should we go ahead and read the last? Yeah, let me read the last sentence. Oh, the last sentence in the first chapter. Here we go. Okay, so Amanda pulled the hand towel out from under her and folded it, returning it a second later to its spot under her bed. Then she dropped her used tissues on the floor. She could get those in the morning. Before falling asleep, she checked her phone alarm. 10.23 p.m. There we go. If you don't want to keep reading at that point, you have no pulse. Like I said before, you got no pulse. Go breathe in front of a mirror because there might not be anything on it. After oh, you do that's it. that's very flattering. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. And that's another episode. Keep tuning in. Don't change that dial. Don't press that button on your streaming Roku remote. Don't hit the Disney Plus button. Keep it on. Keep it on the podcast button. Is that a thing? That's yeah. not a thing. Oh, okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to First Chapters, a podcast from Grey Cat Books. Your hosts were Nina McNamara and Engineer Mike. Our music was provided by Alex Productions and Virtua Jams. Check out our website at graycatbooks.com for links to our credits. Thanks again for listening. Um, Start the episode, Engineer Mike. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my chakras in line first. I think they're all now. All right.